The following is a First Nations Health Authority podcast. The FNHA is a health service delivery organization responsible for administering a variety of health programs and services for First Nations people living in BC. Find out more at fnha.ca. Hello and welcome to the FNHA Coronavirus Podcast. I'm John Moody from FNHA Communications. Please go to our website, www.fnha.ca forward slash coronavirus for all the latest news on this pandemic. It's a constantly changing panorama out there. Today, we're joined on the podcast by FNHA Interim CEO, Richard Jock. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to be speaking to you from the Tsleil-Waututh Musqueam and Squamish uh, territories, and um, uh, pleased to be able to talk about uh, where FNHA is uh, in terms of its uh, pandemic response, and uh, and also uh, relate this to our uh, relationship and supports that we provide to First Nations communities in BC. One of the uh, important aspects of this um, uh, pandemic is to state that um, we are still at level uh, three state of um, uh, response. And in my last uh, uh, podcast, I talked about what that means for us. And essentially that meant and means that we are responding roughly 80% on COVID and that we are also retaining our ongoing business functions but then 20% other duties are still being pursued. Uh, what I'd like to update you on and is really uh, how we're needing to shift our pace. We would say uh, from the period of when we declared that, which was March uh, 29th, uh, to now we've been in a 100 yard dash style response. We've been really responding really quickly. Uh, and, um, and that is, um, is really um, is and was appropriate. What we are seeing now is that we need to adjust our pace and our approach so that we're really approaching this from the point of view of this being a marathon. And that uh, by all expectations that the, um, the course of this COVID-19 um, response will really be over the next 18 months to two years. So in making these shifts, then it's also uh, means that we need to have some uh, really focused effort in a number of key areas. One of them is in terms of testing. And what we uh, are planning to do is to convene some discussions and dialogues with leading experts and First Nations thinkers as well, of course, about what is the optimal testing strategy. Uh, so that we can plan for and move towards that optimal uh, strategy. As you can see over the last uh, weeks and months, what we have done is collectively uh, adjust our strategy as resources permits, as, um, as the 
information about the disease becomes uh, more available. Uh, however, I think it's now, as we shift our uh, approach, we need to think about looking at, at that optimal context and then planning towards it. So this, um, um, I would say we have a few months to, um, to do this, to acquire the necessary uh, equipment and to deploy, all of which is uh, quite a challenge. This also relates to the need to have a really fundamental discussion on risk assessment. And if you look at um, what's happening uh, provincially, the recent announcements, you can see that the risk um, level varies by location across the province. And as we start looking at how to resume business, uh, risk assessment is an important part of any business resumption uh, consideration and planning process. But also, as you're resuming business, and FNHA is in the course of now resuming our office operations and planning for that in a, a very uh, considered way, that as the risk level changes, then we may need to adjust uh, back to um, uh, where we are, which is largely uh, remote uh, work. So again, risk assessment uh, is an important element for us to consider further. Um, and I would add that as we go forward, uh, the availability of vaccine will be really important. And for those that were around in previous um, pandemics, uh, such as H1N1, uh, First Nations were high on the list in terms of uh, access to uh, and thus the availability of vaccine. So how do we plan forward? How do we address the relative state of priority of First Nations people in a potential uh, scenario where vaccines become available? And what's our role in deployment supply chain, all of those important elements. So this is another example of how we need to start looking forward and how our pace and, and set of interests then are laid out in front of us. The other aspect I, I believe is really important as you look at pace is that this also uh, needs to be looked at from both physical and emotional aspects. That uh, physically, um, we need to make sure that, um, that all of the people involved with this uh, set of efforts going forward um, are physically pacing ourselves, are taking the time uh, to make sure that um, uh, there's rest periods, that, um, that people are taking and scheduling annual leave are developing also the emotional pacing aspects, which are also part of pacing. And I would use for examples, are there, uh, are there strategies to shut off uh, equipment, uh, emails at certain periods? 
Is there access to uh, cultural and other kinds of supports? And I, I really want to give a shout out to the Tsauts and Lilam uh, cultural support um, uh, process that has been put in place uh, and that provides individuals and, and groups with, um, um, with um, uh, uh, ceremonies, with uh, some relaxation techniques, with, um, with traditional thinking that can be really um, uh, guidance and support uh, as we consider the emotional pacing for this uh, marathon. I also um, want to say that, um, that there is ongoing work and I really want to salute the efforts of our regional executive directors working with nations and communities to look at how the rural and remote um, uh, needs are going to be framed and implemented. And I would say that as we look forward to a potential wave two, we now have the opportunity to plan what that will look like in detail. And I think that this, again, will be an important part of our next stages, is that we need to complete and do really detailed planning as, um, as we move forward. And I want to conclude by just uh, stating that, um, that I believe that transparency and communications are also vital uh, to our continued um, function. I hesitate to say success, uh, but I would say our continued function. Um, and that, um, that, um, that we need to also consider how to shift our tools so that uh, we are able to uh, make sure that we have the information we need, but also not be overwhelmed by uh, information. And I'm very glad to say that we've um, developed a texting tool that will be there to push out um, important information, which is triaged and is really limited to important information and that we should have an app shortly that will also uh, be part of that effective transportation, uh, transportation, uh, I mean transparency, communication, and, um, and will again uh, be a way for us to make sure that, that leaders, that health directors, uh, that uh, people involved with this pandemic response um, have access to the critical information. So, um, so really, I um, just want to also uh, salute the efforts of everybody thus far, and to um, to to say that um, uh, stay well, to focus on our pace, uh, to look at the physical and emotional parts to that. And again, I'm still challenging everybody to keep up with at least 10,000 steps a day. I'm doing it. So I uh, challenge all to do that as well. 
So with that, thank you very much and thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Richard. And thank you to all for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to an FNHA podcast. For more information on the coronavirus outbreak, please go to fnha.ca slash coronavirus. Thank you.